Hi everyone, I'm Yannicka Ritchie and welcome to a brand new season of Bricks to Bytes. This season, we're taking things up a notch, taking advantage of modern technologies, adapting them for your use, your objectives, is a practice as well as a journey. So in addition to sharing the stories of the messy realities of going digital, this season, we'll also be sharing conversations that highlight some of the mindset, strategies, and techniques of the practice of going digital. I'm so excited to share these insights with you, so let's get started. I've been asking people I know, and even some I don't, about their frustrations with learning new technologies. It's been a really interesting research project so far, and I'm struck by both the common threads and the diversity of the responses. But most of all, I'm noticing how prevalent the frustration is. And it's not just for people who consider themselves not so very good at tech. In fact, it was my friend Matt Dowd's response to my question that brings us to today's podcast. Matt is a super techie. He's one of my go-to people for advice on technology. As a techie, Matt has really different frustrations with technology than many of us. Or perhaps it's more accurate to say that he has a different perspective on surprisingly common frustrations. He also has some solid advice on how to make taking on new tech a little less daunting. You'll hear Matt reference several excellent resources. Don't worry if you don't have a pen handy or you miss some of them. The links are all available on the episode notes at orangegate.ca. And now, here's Matt. My frustration is actually, it's an offshoot of the consumerization and the commoditization of technology over the last 20 years. It used to be that technology was reserved, and I'll go back to the, the, the origins of the personal computing age in the 90s and, and late 80s, early 90s with the Commodore 64, which you know I'm sure some people have, have grown up with as well. And moving into the personal computer age, and then moving into the mobile computer age, and then into the mobile telephone and mobile compute space. As that evolution happened in technology, technology ceased to be a tool, and it, beca- it became part of the consumer landscape, and it became a commoditized uh, aspect. It became part of almost the culture or the zeitgeist of, of the world that we live in, that people wanted to talk about technology just like they used to talk about sports or talk about entertainment or talk about you know politics. Technology almost became an entertainment channel in its own right. You look back at what Steve Jobs did with Apple. He didn't create just another technology company. In the late 80s, early 90s, when he came up with the Mac, uh, the Macintosh computer, the original one, he created a brand awareness. He created something that became a sign of coolness, a sign of innovation, that if you were using a Mac or you were using a MacBook later in the 90s, you were obviously one of the cool kids. You were obviously creative. You were obviously engaged. You were you were in there, and Apple has continued that trend with you know the iPhone and the the MacBook and the MacBook Air and and all of the technologies that they brought to the table, like the iPad, where from a user perspective and an experience perspective, they're unsurpassed. But they're not necessarily the, the most cutting edge technology. It's been actually quite a while since Apple has been on the cutting edge of tech. They just did it now with their new chips that are out and everybody's talking about, in the geek world anyways. They built this idea that not only were you cool, but it's easy to use. I converted my parents over to the Apple ecosystem about five years ago. 
and it cut my support requirement for them down by 90%. I got them iPhones and they love them because they never have to worry about what they're doing. And that's what Apple built their brand around. But as part of that, they built this cultural aspect that goes with it. So everybody wants to talk about the iPhone. Everybody wants to talk about the new Mac. Everybody wants to talk about this. And that's created a narrative in the industry, in the entertainment industry, in the, the news industry, you know, news, entertainment, it's almost inseparable nowadays, that has allowed people that don't have technology knowledge to provide commentary on it. It's also, unfortunately, flooded the airwaves, be they on the, the digital streams of, of the internet or on TV or on radio with opinion rather than fact. When I first started getting into computers, you had to go and get a book in order to understand the, the complexities of it. When the internet came into nascence around you know, 96, 95, it was very tech oriented. It was very geek oriented that you wanted facts. You went to the internet, you knew exactly where to go. There were certain websites like Slashdot or Ars Technica or, or the big names of the 90s. Those were the people you talked to. They, you got facts. You never had to question what was there. Now, if I go on to Google and I search, you know, uh, MacBook issue with video, I'm going to get 10,000 hits and it's going to take me five or 10 minutes to pare it down from some ridiculous, you know, clickbait article where somebody wants you to click through seven pages of ads to get to the information to some crap on CNN about how Kim Kardashian uses a MacBook and had a problem with her video during a presentation. That commoditization, that commercialization, that, that entertainment factor that went along with technology as it became so prevalent in our world has really created a dirt field of garbage out there. When I first talked to my parents a couple of years ago, I, I told them, don't ever look on the internet for information. Don't do it. Just call me and I will find it for you. Go ahead and surf it for your, your sites and stuff that you want to look up and stuff like this. But if you're looking for help, please do not go to the internet. I have had way too many experiences where in my corporate life, users will say, oh, I saw this on, on the internet and, and it says I should do this. And it's like, oh, please don't do that to your laptop. That will create a security risk or it will open a hole. Don't install that software that they're recommending because it's not secure. I remember sitting down with my parents when I made the transition to Apple uh, off of their PCs and they said, okay, well, you know, what is the biggest lesson we should have here? Okay. Whenever it asks you if you want to install something, always say no. If it says, do you want to open this web page and it wasn't the one you were going to say no, just always say no to your computer and then ask questions later. For me, trying to support people like that are in their seventies and eighties, uh, it has become absolutely mission critical for their stability for me to say, don't ever go to the internet. And, and that's just sad. Um, but wait a minute, wait a minute, because I can tell you almost all the answers to where do I go is the internet. Mm -hmm. And when Apple has an update, I have had some unhappy updates before. So now <laughs> I'm Googling, should I take this update? And I spend yep. probably half an hour, 45 minutes checking out different places. Do I take this? Should I not take it? How's it running? What are the trends? I do use the internet. You recommend I don't do that? I recommend you don't do it if you don't have an awareness of what you're reading. Okay. And, and yes, I may tease you about not being the, the most tech savvy individuals, <laughs> but you are. You, you do have an awareness of the basics of your technology, and you also have an advanced awareness of the kind of information you're consuming. For an aware reader, for an aware searcher, 
you can tell the difference between good and bad. The way I would differentiate it, and, and I think you're a great example of it, is you can tell the difference between an editorial writing and a fact writing. A lot of people can't. There is so much new technology. It's becoming a part of every part of our lives and more and more intimate parts of our lives. We can't all just say no to our computer. That's not Agreed. just at a standstill. How do you recommend people start? What do they use as, as uh, tests for reliability and authenticity? I look at it this way. I, I'm sure there are going to be people that disagree with me, so I, I, I state that up front. If you're not a technology person, stay with the brands you recognize. That's number one. Okay. There is a reason large companies succeed in the technology space. They build a relationship with their customer. Sometimes it's a really annoying relationship, but it's a relationship. Companies like Google with their Google product line, Microsoft with the Microsoft, various product lines of Xbox and Surface and all of those, Amazon with Ring and a number of the brand products that they've purchased, the Alexa series that they've put out. Their whole raison d'etre of that technology ecosystem, you know, and throw Apple into the mix, is they want to build a long-term relationship with you where they want you to use their ecosystem, not just a single product. And as bad as this may sound, I encourage you to do it. The technology that they build into that ecosystem is meant from the ground up to work together and from the ground up to give you a positive user experience so that you will come back to that ecosystem again and again. If you're not a techie, you're not going to want to be able to search the internet or, or not going to want to have to search the internet to try and find the little tweak that you have to do in the back end settings of the Bluetooth connector in order to have it connect to your iPhone or your Samsung phone or whatever it may be. You want to be able to turn it on, follow the simple instructions on the app that comes to your phone or in the, the web page that you have to go to and just have it work. So that's number one. Choose a selection of ecosystems and stay with them. Number two, Vendors, because they have that intent to build an ecosystem and build a relationship with you, they spend the time and they invest the money to make their websites about that technology very useful. I, there are some bad vendor websites out there, I will freely admit. But if you go to Google into their, their Alexa pages, you will find every piece of information you need to know about how to set up your Alexa pod, how to set up your Alexa home, how to set up your cameras. It will tell you everything you need to know to do it, and they will explain it with video. They will explain it with simple to follow instructions, with printable pages, with links to apps that you can download that will do it for you. Once you've got your ecosystem chosen, once you've worked through the stuff on the websites, after that, you should have enough of a working familiarity with the environment that you're running in. You, you start looking for a little bit of editorial information. One of the best places to get decent information of an editorial content is from a personality that the world trusts. One of the best examples here in Canada is a gentleman named Mark Saltzman. Mark Saltzman has been doing technology reviews, my God, it's gotta be for close to 20 years now within the Canadian ecosystem. He's kind of the go-to person in Canada for simple, understandable, relatable technology reviews and, and recommendations. And his whole purpose is to make sure that he's re recommending technology and solutions that are going to work for most of the people that are listening to the type of television or the type of radio or the type of internet site that he's going to. If you look at his YouTube videos, they're a little bit more complex than what he talks about on CFRB. Amber Mack, who is another major Canadian personality, has also done a lot of work in the U.S., takes the family view of technology. You know, she's a mother, she's you know, been working in the industry for years and years and years. 
she likes to educate people about technology, about the risks, about the impacts, about the benefits. But she also does reviews of technology that resonate for her as a mom, as a member of a family, as a, a daughter. She looks at it from that perspective. You get into other YouTube personalities, which can be great sources of information and also educational and entertaining at times with a Vancouver-based uh, media group, Linus Media Group, which uh, runs a, a YouTube channel called Linus Tech Tips. Very geeky at times, but every once in a while they get a video where they just try to explain the basics of technology. What does my router do? What does it mean to have a hard drive versus a, a solid state drive? Android versus iPhone, what is the differences? When does it matter? They love technology and they've built their brand on being trusted. If you go to CNN, and you look on their technology sites, I, I laugh. They're so slanted towards a specific technology that the advertiser is paying for or something that is, is so over the top that nobody's ever really going to use it. They, they look at the, the fanciful, look at all this amazing stuff you can do with it, but 99% of what they're talking about, nobody's ever going to use in their house. You know, the, the people that, that you trust, the people that make a difference are the ones that are speaking and that resonate as you would. You know, when they say something, you can say, yeah, that's actually what I'm interested in. Hi, it's Yannicka, and I hope you're enjoying this discussion. I also hope that you're getting some ideas for people to follow, sites to check out. If you've missed any of them, just visit orangegate.ca for links to the people Matt recommends listening to. If this is your first Bricks to Bytes podcast, there is a whole season of stories and inspiration waiting for you. You can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Now, let's get back to Matt. There's a running joke in the IT industry. It's called Management by CIO Magazine. Oh. Okay, <laughs> and I'm going to come back to why this matters in a second. CIO Magazine and vendors will salt copies of these articles in, in magazines and send copies to, to people in order to influence decisions by talking about the what could be rather than the what is. All right? It's always aspirational. One of the greatest mistakes that enterprise level people do is they will purchase a product on the promise of what it can do compared to what they need today. Smart organizations, ones that have made the transition effectively to making technology work for them, start with what do I need? What do I absolutely need to make my first stage of success? How do I define success and what do I need to get there? On the personal side of technology, that is exactly the principle that I would say everybody needs to follow. The greatest mistake you can do is listening to the ad to influence what you're going to buy. Just so that we don't miss this, from a personal perspective, the first thing is figure out your needs. Mm -hmm. And then the second is look for established, like help me out here. I, I, I'm going to get geeky for a second. And, and, sure. and there's a methodology that, that is very popular in IT called Kepner Trigo. And anybody that's watched Apollo 11 has watched Kepner Trigo in action, right? It was designed around root cause analysis and decision analysis. The very simple method of decision analysis that helps you get to what you need. And it's a rating system. You write your list. You're buying a house, you're buying a car, you're buying a phone. You identify the things that you absolutely need. It must do this. If it doesn't do this, I will not buy it. You rate that as a 10 for your weighting. And then you go down your list. What else do I need it to do? And everything that you absolutely must have is a 10. And then you take all the things that you would like it to do and you give them an importance rating from nine to zero. 
you write down for yourself to understand what is it I truly need. In audio, I'm looking for multi-track. I want to be able to layer. For video, I want 4K versus 1080p. I want to do pure YouTube shipping versus you know, other digital platforms. You go through all those things that you need. Okay, and hang on here. Wait a minute. I just have to stop you for a minute. As somebody who, within the last 12 months, learned how to do audio editing, uh -huh. I literally started with not even knowing how to open a file. So some yeah. of the things you mentioned that are, quote unquote, I need, I don't know I need until I start mucking around with the tech. But you don't know the questions to ask yet. Right. So for your needs, okay, when you were first going through that, your first thing was, I need something that I can record audio in and I can edit it. That's your need. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. But now when you were using that tool and you said, oh man, I want to be able to do this. Now you go and readjust your list. It's this iterative process of learning new tech, of leveling up, if you will, that takes some practice and a different mindset. It's not a one and done straight line journey, which can be frustrating when you're trying to tell your story, share your expertise or connect with others. And the tech is getting in the way. There are just so many little details to deal with. There are many things in the decision making that are so frivolous, but you have to make the call now. Apple released an iMac that is using their new technology. It's a phenomenal piece of tech and they released it in seven colors. Oh, you can literally buy your iMac in six pastel colors or silver. Do you really need seven different colors of iMac? No, but now you have another choice to make. You've decided that you want a desktop computer. Okay, do you want the iMac or the mini Mac Mini with your own monitor? Oh, I want the iMac. What color would you like? Because we've got fabulous colors available now. It puts yeah. that frivolous technology decision. And again, it's stuff that doesn't affect the way you're going to live. It just makes you feel a little better. iPhones, every year there is a new iPhone. Does it really change that much? No, but when you buy the new iPhone, you think it's pretty cool and it makes you feel good. So another strategy that I guess would start as I'm listening to you that would be valuable is to be aware that the frustration that you experience with new technology in part can come from this decision-making overload, which we yeah. know is extremely costly for us humans, mm -hmm. um, and simply actively take those things off the plate. And that comes right back to the very first thing we talked about, which is the ecosystems. Choose your mm -hmm. ecosystem. There's not as many decisions to make once you've chosen an ecosystem. Okay. So look up Mark Saltzman, Amber Mack, and the Linus Media Group. Double check before clicking yes to the latest update and only buy silver computers. Those are my takeaways. I hope you have a few on your list as well. For links and more information about some of the resources Matt and I discussed, please visit orangegate.ca and click on the podcast tab. And if you enjoyed this podcast, check out some of our other episodes available wherever you get your podcasts and on the podcast page at orangegate.ca. I'm Yonica Ritchie. Thanks for joining me and go digital.